One thing Pastor told me, I do not want to go where it snows. <laughs> okay, praise the Lord. Since this um, that I'm going to be giving are some statistics that my husband wrote um, in the pursuit of excellence, which we're going through, I'm going to just read these. Is that okay, or did you want to read them? Okay. Father, I just thank you for the word that shall go forth this morning in power and might. I thank you, Father God, as I read these statistics, they don't have to include us. As we're learning in early class and Wednesday nights and through the preaching of the word that's going on in Sunday mornings and everything this year, this is the year to get out of every circumstance and situation that is negative and holding you back. And so, Father God, this is the year, and I thank you, Father God, that you are revealing to Pastor and I what we are to do to lead this people into the promised land, into the rapture, and then on home to be, you know, on home to be at the Lord. Our desire is that every person in this church is in the rapture. And so, God, I thank you that you are giving us wisdom, knowledge, and understanding on what we are to do to cause each person to be built up in every aspect and area of their life and be prepared for whatever would happen or could happen, that they would be prepared to just press on through mightily more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. And so I just thank you this morning. I bind every demonic spirit, every principality and power, in every harassment that would try to come against this sermon and come against us. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Um, the nugget this morning is growth is the pre prerequisite, and I have not forgotten about children's church, so I will. Who is the children's person today? I will let you go when I feel that it's time. Growth is the prerequisite to everything you do. So growth is the prerequisite to everything you do. Is that right? Do you have something you want to share on that? Okay. In 2013, our focus must be single. Our direction has to be set. And we must be diligent to pursue that which is before us. So I'm going to say this again. Our focus this year must be single. Our direction has to be set. And we must be diligent to pursue that which is before us. To pursue, Webster's Dictionary definition is, is to follow in order to overtake, capture, chase, to go on, to proceed along or follow specific course of action plan. I'm going to read that again for those of you that are taking notes. To pursue, to follow in order to overtake, capture, chase, to go on, to proceed along or follow specific course of action or plan. One more time. To follow in order to overtake. So this is the year that we are going to overtake. Do you read, what does it say that the blessings of God will what? Overtake us. Hallelujah. I believe this is the year, but we are going to have to 
have a, a um, our direction set forth and be diligent, okay? Follow in order to overtake, capture, chase, to go on, to proceed along, or follow specific course of action plan. John 10, 27. This is my husband's part. We'll get to mine after. John 10, 27. I've found myself reading Esther and Ruth, and now I'm in Judges um, for some reason. And as I go through these, I see, I understand why he would have me in those in, in such a time as we're in. John 10, 27. It says, The sheep that are my own hear and are listening to my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. So we are his sheep, and we hear his voice only, and we're listening to his voice. He knows us, and we follow them, him. Amen? If your goals are set, and you are determined to achieve them this year, we need to be above status quo the average and mediocre. So some statistics, where do you fall in these? So if your goals are set and you are determined to achieve them this year, we need to be above status quo, the average and the mediocre. Some statistics, which where, and you know, you can ask your own self where you fall in them. Nine out of 10 families live paycheck to paycheck we are called to do better. Amen. Hallelujah. Only 2% of the homes in the U.S. are paid off. We need to be in this percentage. Hallelujah. Most 62-year-olds still own 22 years on their first mortgage. Wow. 86% of all homes are purchased by dual-income families. 80% of divorces are caused by financial stress. That is the truth. Bankruptcies are up to 10% over the last 12 months. There are over 15 million bankruptcies since 1990. That's pretty heavy, isn't it? I know this going the way. This is real negative. When he handed this to me this morning, I said, I'm doing this whenever I feel to, so it will not interrupt with my sermon. But we need to look at this and not become one of these. Amen? Because God has promised, beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and you be in health as your soul prospers. Amen? If you, if you ever get something from me, you usually have 3 John 2 written on it. I haven't written my thank you notes, and neither has Pastor. We've been extremely busy. There's no excuse for that, but it just seems like I think you're going to get a picture of us on a on and a note a card. I don't know what you're getting, but it's coming. I apologize for that. Um, listen to this one. Mortgage defaults are at the highest level in history. All states have a combi combined all states combined have a 71 billion deficit. 
even worse than the Great Depression. America owes $6.4 trillion in national debt. Our debt ratio is the 296%. We are the most indebted nation in the world. This does not include the offline Social Security debt. Interest rates are stealing the future of American families. America is signing away their future to be slaves. I do not plan on being a slave. Amen? Look at your neighbor and tell them, I do not plan on being a slave. Find someone and tell them, Mike, I'll look at you. I don't plan on being a slave. Amen? I could say something else, but I won't. This is why we are pursuing the study on finances. This is the reason why we are pursuing this. I told you that when the election was won so quickly, um, I looked at Pastor and I said, well, I said now, and we both looked at each other and we said, now we need to pray and seek God's face on how he would have us lead this congregation through this mess and to be very honest and be overcomers when we get to the other side. We're just going through this. Amen. If we stay on fire for God and we do what he tells us to do, then we, we will, we, you know, the children, three children were thrown in that furnace and they weren't even singed. Okay? So keep that in your mind. Okay. Um, let's see. Interest rates are stealing the future of American families. America is signing away their future to be slaves. This is why we are pushing the study on finances. We need to come to terms with God's way of doing things. I will say that again, and you might write this down in your Bible in the front of it. We need to come to terms with God's way of doing things in everything we do. God has a way of doing things in every aspect of our life. Time out is not a way of disciplining your children. You can get mad at me if you want, but that is not the way God said to do things. Well, I might be thrown in jail. If you do things God's way, you might spend the night, but you'll get out. <laughs> I highly respect one word of faith, man, that disciplined his daughter the way he needed to be, even though she called the police and threw him in jail. He's out and his church is thriving. Parents, do not be afraid. You know, this is, God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. This part of the tape cannot go out, please. Okay, so put in another part of it. Or if you can, well, whatever, let it go out. I don't care. I'm the one saying it. Pastor wrote this. Okay, John 10, 10. Pastor Dave wrote this part. The thief cometh not, but to kill, steal, and destroy. The thief, the enemy, comes not, but to kill, steal, and destroy. And Jesus said, but I have come that you might have life and life more abundantly. If you do not know that scripture by heart, I suggest you learn it in your mind like the Lord showed me when I was first saved, probably the first or second year. Draw a blackboard, put kill, steal, and destroy, line, life and life more abundantly, and then figure out 
what kills what's if is this situation killing you stealing you and destroying you or is it bringing you life and life more abundantly that is how i learned how how to operate in second corinthians 10 4 and 5 that is how I've, I don't know if I've ever shared that before, but that is how I learned how to cast down imaginations and reasonings and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. John 10.10. 10. Is this thing killing, stealing, and destroying me in my thoughts, or is it bringing me life and life more abundantly? Hallelujah. 3 John 3. Would you make a mistake? <laughs> Beloved, I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in health as your soul prospers. Romans 12, 1 and 2. Let's turn there. If you have a heater near you and you're too hot or too cold, do what you got to do with it. Romans 12, 1 and 2. I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, and beg you, in view of all the mercies of God, to make a decisive dedication of your bodies, presenting all your members and faculties as a living sacrifice. I'm going to put it mildly. Alzheimer's should never be a part of a born-again, spirit-filled believer. If you are doing what this says, then you will not lose your mind. Amen? Okay. Don't even talk about it. Oh, I'm having a senior moment. Don't even, don't even think it. Don't even say it. You know, if you're committing your members and your faculties as a living sacrifice, wholly devoted, consecrated, and well-pleasing to God, which is your reasonable, rational, intelligent service and spiritual worship. Hallelujah. Then it says... Do not be conformed to this world, this age, fashioned after and adapted to its external superficial customs, but be transformed, changed by the entire renewal of your mind, by its new ideals and its new attitude, so that you may prove for yourselves what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God, even the thing which is good and acceptable and perfect in his sight for you. Parents, Teach your children this. Teach your grandchildren this. Children, learn this at this age that you are right now. This is why you're in here. You don't have to go through the junk that, that your parents might have gone through. You're young. You're hearing the word of faith. Grow in it. Hallelujah. 2 Timothy 2.15. And then John, or Dan, you can take the kids out. 2 Timothy no, we're going to receive the offering first because the kids probably had their offering. 2 Timothy 2.15. This is the year to sow like you've never sown before. Study and be eager to do uttermost, your uttermost to present yourself to God approved, tested by trial, a workman which has no cause to be ashamed, correctly analyzing and accurately dividing, right handling and skillfully teaching the word of truth. But avoid all empty, vain, useless, idle talk, for it will lead people into more and more ungodliness. How true is that? Amen?
Okay, let's go ahead and receive this, this morning's tithes and offerings. You know, I get all excited when I have the opportunity to give them my tithes and offerings because I know what this is doing for me in the spirit realm. Amen? John. Hallelujah. This is Mission Fund Sunday, so don't forget the missionaries. Hallelujah. We have children's church workers and 645 prayer and 7 p.m. family service. And this is the last DVD, I believe, of Bill Winston's. And what's the title of it? Blessing. Walking in the, the power of the blessing. You need to understand the power of the blessing. After this one, I believe you're getting Creferal Dollar on the same subject. Am I correct? And then we're moving on to probably get over it. <laughs> Praise God. Just looking at these few statistics proves that the world system of doing things falls short of God's provisions. How many know that? It's time to wake up. We need to change our own individual lives in li to line up with God's way of doing things. 2013 is the year we start our journey to victory. Okay. I'm going to teach on Joshua this morning. He's one of my favorites in the Bible. And um, do I have my, blue, my tablet? Yep. Okay. I know you typed it, but Joshua, we're going to start out. In Numbers 13, 8 through 16. Numbers 13, 8 through 16. Joshua, his commitment. He was the soldier of the Lord and he was the successor of Moses. He had to be quite a man for God to choose him to be the successor of Moses. That's all I can say. We're going to find out how he became. Because, you know, you had Caleb and Joshua, who were the only two that made it out of the, the, that group into the promised land. So there were two that could have been placed in that position. But what did Joshua do that changed him? Made what? How did he become the cho the next choice? You know what I mean? The chosen one to further to take the people on into the promised land. So we're going to look at his early life. Uh, number one, preparation for leadership. The son of Nun, the tribe of Ephraim. Numbers thirteen eight and sixteen. Okay, here we go. These were the names of the tribes of Reuben. Reuben. Um, we have number eight, the tribe of Ephraim, Osea, the son of Nun. And then verse 18. And see the land where it is and the people that dwell therein, whether they be strong or weak, few or many. Okay, so we know, pardon, 
Did I want 16? Would I do 18? Okay, these are the names of the men which Moses sent out, oh, I'm sorry, to spy out the land. And Moses called Osea, the son of Nun, Joshua. So these were the, let's, how can I put this, the leaders of each tribe that was called out to go out and spy out the land. So you would think that out of the leaders, and Dan talked a little bit. He didn't know what I was going to teach on, but he talked a little bit. And I think um, probably the uh, video that you saw this morning, he must have taught on this a little bit, how they came back in these grapes. He talked about, Dan was talking about when he was a child, and they certainly didn't take a group of people to hold up grapes. Amen. You know, we look at the vineyards around us. Can you imagine how big those grape vines were? It was really something. I mean, everything that God said about this land, everything he promised was true. So he was the son of Nun. He was the one that went out and spied the land. Number two, he led the force of Israel at the battle of Amalek. And that's in Exodus 17, 9. Let's look at this a little. I just want to give us some... And Moses said to Joshua, oh, let's look a little bit here. Then came Amalek, verse 8, descendants of Esau, and fought with Israel at Rephidim. And Moses said to Joshua, choose us out, men, and go out, fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand at the top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. And Joshua did as Moses said and fought with Amalek. And Moses, Aaron, and Ur went up to the hilltop. When Moses held up his hands, Israel prevailed. And when he lowered his hands, Amalek prevailed. But Joshua's hands grew very heavy and grew weary. So the other man took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. Then Aaron and Hur held up his hands, one on either side, and one on the other side, so his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. And Joshua moved down and disabled Amalek and his people with the sword. And the Lord said to Moses, Write this for a memorial in the book and rehearse it in the ears of Joshua that I will utterly blot out the remembrance of Amalek from under the heavens. Now here he told Moses, write this down in a book, and he tells him, rehearse it in the ears of Joshua. So this was something that Moses himself would tell Joshua. You, know, you see the training here beginning. So he rehearsed this to him that I will utterly blot out the remembrance of Amalek from the heavens. And Moses built an altar and called the name of it, The Lord is my banner. And he said, Because theirs is a hand against the throne of the Lord, and the Lord will have war with Amalek from generation to generation. So you notice that this was something that, in verse 14, the Lord said to Moses, Write this for a memorial in a book, and rehearse it in the ears of Joshua. So this was something that God told Moses to rehearse over and over to Joshua. You know, that was like meditating on this. Joshua 
literally, medit I believe, meditated on these things. He had to. For he, God was in, he was in preparation for something big, huge. Amen? Praise God. Number three, he was a servant of Moses. He accompanied Moses partway up Mount Sinai, also attended to Moses at the tent of the meeting. Look at Exodus 24, 13. Exodus 24, 12, and 13. And the Lord said to Moses, Come up to me into the mount, and there I will give three tables of stone and a law and commandments which I have written that thou mayest teach them. And Moses went up, rose up, and went up, and his minister Joshua, and Moses went up to the mount of God. So thank God he was not a part of all the ungodliness remember Moses brother Aaron remember what he did you know God told them when they left Egypt to go over there and borrow all the silver and the all the all the wealth all the all the gold and all the silver you know I have a bracelet that I bought years ago and I think I paid 200 and something dollars for it and I was looking online <laughs> this bracelet's worth like 800 bucks now that's how much gold has, you know what I mean? So what do they do? He goes and builds this stupid gold cow, and then he, I mean, I can't, can't even believe it. You know what I mean? Moses comes down the hill, meets Joshua halfway. They go down and look at this mess. What does Moses do? He throws the tablets and goes back up. You think Joshua stayed there? Let's move on. 33.11. This man was godly. He was holy. He, he, his heart beat after God. He wanted God with everything he had. He, wanted to, he, looked at, he looked at his leader, Moses, and, and he desired to have what Moses had. He desired to have that relationship with God that Moses had. And he was going to do whatever it took to get there. Amen? And that's what God's looking for in this hour. He's looking for a people that are willing to do whatever he asks them to do so he can bless them beyond, beyond anything we could dare, ask, pray, or think. Now, that's, that is beyond because I have quite an imagination when it gets, to, gets out there and starts thinking of the blessings of God, but he's saying he's going to bless us beyond that. How many, how many are ready for that? This is not going to be when Jesus comes back, I'll tell you right now. So 33.11. And the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to, his, speaks to his friend. Moses returned to the camp, but his minister Joshua, son of Nun, a young man, did not depart from the temporary prayer tent. Why? Because the glory of God was there. He wanted to be in the presence of God. 
You know, we've had two people in the last probably three months that have come into this church and said, the way that you have prepared this sanctuary for the presence of God and allow the presence of God to come in during worship is amazing to me. And God, God is able to move. They were both very touched by the fact that God was able to move in a place where it is set aside and made for him. And one man even said, I appreciate the fact that you have chosen to do tapes instead of having a band that, that are in total worship to God. He said, you know, it's the one that was doing the statistics that said three point, most of the churches, the average is 3.5 songs. And he said, the sad thing is none of the songs are a worship to God. They are talking about the trees and the flowers and give me what I need instead of God, I desire to worship you. That to me was a compliment. Praise God. So 3311, did we get that one? Yep. Okay. So we see he was a servant of Moses. Accompanying Moses partway up the Mount Sion and also attended Moses at the tent of the meeting. He would, he would wait outside because he just desired that presence of God. You know, many people don't want to get into praise and worship. They feel uncomfortable. They can't, they just can't yield themselves over. They're, and it's, it's sad because they're missing out on the healing part. That is the part where Jesus can come in and minister healing and refreshing to the person that they need. No one else can touch you the way God can. I'm going to tell you that right now. You can look all over and desire all over and, and you know, get in the word and read the word. That's great. But I'm going to tell you, there's a place we were created to worship God. And that's what he's looking for, our worshipers. You remember what he told them to do in Second Chronicles chapter 20? He told them to go out, out, go march out and praise and worship. And as soon as they did, he, God said ambushments, or they, they ambushed each other and killed each other. Why? Because the praise and worship was so glorious and strong unto God, something happened. And people that are not praisers and worshipers, they are losing, I would say, more than half their life. I'll be really honest. I can't, I can't live without worshiping and praising God. I mean, there's just times at home I just kick back and just start praying in tongues and just worshiping God. That's my life. Hallelujah. Number four. One of the spies to view the Canaan land in Numbers 13. Let's go back there. That was a privilege to be sent out. I mean, Moses cer certainly, this is, this is sad, but he certainly, I'm sure, did not expect the percentage that came back and had no faith. I'm sure for him... As a leader, that was appalling. I'm sure he felt, what have I taught these people? Okay, Numbers 13, 8, and 16. Here we go. We found out 
the tribe of Ephraim, Hosea, Hosea that is Joshua, son of Nun, and then um, 16 again. These are the names of the men who Moses sent to explore and scout out the land that Moses called Hosea, son of Nun, Joshua. We read that before. He and Caleb gathered, gave the good report. And these two were the only two families, like I said before, permitted into the promised land. I think about this, and I think about what God said about life and death are in the power of the tongue, and you shall eat the fruit of it. Ever, I mean, every idle word we shall be judged for. This is right here. You see this. He became a le leader. He was a divinely appointed to be the successor of Moses in Numbers 27, 18 through 23. Let's look at this. Why? Because he did everything right. You know, a lot of people say, oh, we don't have to do anything. I'm sorry to say, but we do. <laughs> Uh, it's okay. It just let's just throw out this page. We don't have to do this, and let's throw out that one. We don't have to do this. You know, a lot of people like to hand pick and choose what they're going to do that God says to do. Doesn't work that way, folks. Amen. <laughs> I always laugh. I've had people tell me stuff, and I, I sit there and I, I honestly uh, want to laugh, but I can't. Okay, Numbers 27. I've had people tell me that I, God has given me the gift of giving. And I'll look at them and I'll say, that's good. Are you a, are you a tither? No. Well, then how can God give you the gift of giving if you're not even a tither? I mean, come on. I mean, I had I shared this one time before. I had a pastor in town here have, send one of his people over that he was having trouble with. And then one of the first things I ask in a counseling session to, to people, are you a tither? And the person said no. And I said, well, you're already cursed with a curse. And, I, and then it says, you know where it says in James, is any afflicted? Let them pray. And so I looked at the person. I said, well, it's obvious you're afflicted. That does not mean sickness and disease. That means harassed. I said, we're going to get down on our knees and we're going to pray for an hour. That, that person gave me a double take. And I said, get down. We're going to pray. And... Um, they went back to their their pastor and became good little sheep. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I don't pastor other people, or I don't counsel other people's um, sheep anymore. It's just too much. I'm not, you know, I'm older now. I have you guys. It's, it's We're going to give an account for every one of you. Um... This is this is this is my job here. Okay, you know I do get calls from people that are in dire straits that don't go to church. Yes, then I will, but um, 
I think sometimes, I've, you know, I've, I've heard everything. I, I thought about writing a book. We talked about this last night, but I'd have to get a, um, what was it, a ghostwriter. Okay, <laughs> Numbers 27, <laughs> 18. The Lord said to Moses, Take Moses, son of Nun, a man in whom is the Spirit, a man in whom is the Spirit, and lay your hand upon him, and set him before Eleazar the priest, and all the congregation, and give him a charge in their sight, and put some of your honor and authority upon him, that all the congregation of the Israelites may obey him. He shall stand before Eleazar the priest, who shall inquire for him before the Lord by the judgment of the Urim, one of those articles of the priest's breastplate worn when asked counsel of the Lord for the people. At Joshua's word, the people should go out and come in, both he and all Israelite congregation with him. And Moses did as the Lord commanded him. He took Joshua and set him before Eleazar the priest and all the congregation, and he laid his hands upon and commissioned him, and the Lord commanded, as the Lord commanded through Moses. Hallelujah. Praise you, Father. In Deuteronomy 20, uh, 31, 1 through 8, let's turn there. He, he, he's divinely appointed successor of Moses here in 27. And so Deuteronomy 31... I think this is exciting to watch God honor and prosper people. I, I just, you know, and give them favor. You know, you are in that line. All of you are in that line. Get excited. Praise you, Jesus. All right, Deuteronomy 31, 1 through 8. I don't know about you, but I find this exciting. And Moses was speaking those words to all of Israel. And he said to them, I am 120 years old this day. That, that is old. I remember when 65 was old. Remember that when you're a kid and 65, 65 is looking real young here. I'm 120 years old this day. I can no more go out and come in. And the Lord has said to me, you shall not go over this Jordan. The Lord your God will himself go over before you, and he will destroy these nations from before you, and you shall dispossess them, and Joshua, Joshua shall go over before you, as the Lord has said, as the Lord will do to them as he did to Sion and Og, the kings of the Amorites, and to their land when he destroyed them. And the Lord will give them over to you, and you shall do to them according to all the commandments which I have commanded you. Be strong, here we go, courageous and firm. Notice he added firm here. Be strong, courageous, and firm. 
There's too many, and, I, and he doesn't mean like a firm, buffed body here. He means you're going to have to be firm. You're going to have to be a firm leader. Fear not, nor be in terror before them, for it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not fail you or forsake you. And Moses called to Joshua and said to him, In the sight of all Israel, be strong, courageous, and firm, for you shall go with this people into the land which the Lord has sworn to their fathers to give them, and you shall cause them to possess it. It is the Lord who goes before you. He will march with you. He will not fail you or let you go or forsake you. Let there be no cowardice or flinching, but fear not, neither become broken in spirit, depressed, dismayed, and unnerved with alarm. He is saying that to you this day, church, this very thing, and I'm going to go over it again because the times that we're in, these things could happen very easily. You cannot allow them to happen. You are a mighty marching army, and we are going forward. Amen. Trust me, Pastor and I have spent time before God since, well, since we've been here, but since this election, I wasn't happy with this election, and I'm not afraid to say it. And it hasn't gotten any better, and it's probably going to get worse, but we don't have to be a part of it. You understand what I'm saying? This is us. This is how God sees us. So I will say it again. And the, it is the Lord, verse 8, who goes before you. He will march with you. He will not fail you or let you go or forsake you. Let there be no cowardice or flinching, but fear not, neither be broken in spirit, depressed, dismayed, and unnerved with alarm. Hallelujah. And Moses wrote this law and delivered it to the Levitical priest who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord and to all the elders of Israel. So I'm not going to go here today. But I'm sure that I'm going to come back and teach this section piece by piece, bit by bit. Okay? So hang on while I circle this because I know that God is going to have me do this. So, no cowardice, no flinching, fear not. Don't become broken in spirit. Depressed, dismayed, and unnerved with alarm. Do not allow yourself to become that way. One thing I will tell you right now that the enemy will try to do to cause this is get you to become offended with someone. If he can get in there and get you to become offended, then he has won the fight. You cannot, I will say this, and this is from the Spirit of God, you cannot allow yourself to be, become offended with any members of this church, no matter what the enemy tries to tell you. You say, that's my, go to 1 Corinthians 13 and learn it. Learn it, live it, and keep your mouth shut. If you have something to say, go to them and talk to them about it. Because this is, a, this is a time right now where the Lord is taking us into a 
promised land journey. And we're all to march together. Hallelujah. We're, we are doing everything within our power, Pastor and I, to get into your hands and into your ears and into your spirit, which you need to hear to become more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. Am I correct, dear? I ask that you pray for us as we pray for you. Hallelujah. It's very important. Okay, so we're going to go to Joshua. Um, after Moses' death, we see that Joshua is now installed as the divine leader. And we're going to turn to Joshua 1, 1 through 9, and we should all be able to, to quote that by heart. Here we go. If you don't think... Because he, he knew all these people. I was thinking about this last night. He knew all these people. He knew the family curses that were in their families. He knew what, what these people, families, and, and, you know, because he was an elder. He knew what these children could be like. And so there's many things that God, God had them do that seemed strange. One of them, one thing he had them do was shut their mouth. If you could get, what was it, three million people or whatever to shut up, then they could take Jericho. Well, the, one of the first things he did was circumcise all the men. I mean, in the natural, all the men being circumcised, they could have come down and taken them. But those people were new. One of these days, this group of people is going to come in and they are going to take you out. So get ready, get ready, get ready, because they're coming. So let's look at this, Joshua 1, 1 through 9. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses, minister, Moses, my servant is dead. Now rise, take his place, go over to this Jordan, you and these people into the land which I am giving them, the Israelites. Every place which the sole of your foot shall tread, that I have given to you. As I promised Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon to the great river Euphrates and the land of the Hittites, Canaan, and the great Mediterranean Sea on the west shall be your territory. No man, you say this with me, no man shall be able to stand before you. No man shall be able to stand before you. You have to have that so... <laughs> imprinted in your mind, in your thought life, in your spirit, in your soul, in your body, that no man can stand before you. I'm not kidding you. you I have a friend, and first time she met me, she's a pastor's wife, and she said, I need that, that boldness that you have. And I said, well, hang on, and we'll, I'll show you how to get it. Praise God. You know, it's from God. It's not me. I used to be very timid and cried a lot. Okay. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not fail you nor forsake you. God will not fail you. God will not forsake you. Hallelujah. What a promise. 
Be strong, confident, and of good courage, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong, very courageous, that you may do according to the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. That you may prosper wherever you go. This is the year for supernatural prosperity. He wants you to prosper wherever you go. Hallelujah. That's exciting to me. This book of the law of the word shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will deal wisely, and you will have good success. Have I not commanded you be strong, vigorous, very courageous, be not afraid, neither be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Do you notice the one word that was not in here for the people that was given to Joshua? Be firm. In other words, he was telling him, you better be a firm leader and not moved by man, beast, enemy, whatever. You've got to be firm. In other words, put on the big boy and the big girl panties because this is it. You're going to have to be firm in the face of the devil. I'm telling you, there comes a place where you have got to learn to be firm. The leaders in this kind, the leaders of the churches better learn how to be firm because this stuff of joining up with the the Muslims and the whatever that some of these big churches are doing right now, this isn't going to hit it. I'm going to, and they are. Trust me. We're going to have to be the the leaders are going to have to be firm and not have meltdowns and not back up and not give in and not whatever. You understand what I'm saying? Amen. Okay, he began immediately upon his career of conquest in Joshua 1, 10 and 11. Then Joshua commanded the officers of the people, saying, he didn't, give, he didn't wait any time there. You can't. When God tells you to do something, do it. You know why? Because if you, if you give any space there, the, the enemy can get in there and begin to put doubt there. Trying to sh I'm trying to share some little nuggets that have helped me through this. Okay? When God says, do it, do it. If he says, be there, be there. If he says, for not, for, forsake not the assembly, don't even see it so much more as you see the evil day approaching. He means it. He's not kidding. Unless you have a physical symptom or you're working. Let's move on here. Then Joshua commanded the officers of the people, saying, Pass through the camp and command the people, prepare, prepare your provisions, for within three days you shall pass over this Jordan and go in to take possession of the land which the Lord your God has given you to possess. So he's telling them, Get your junk together. Get your possessions that you want. 
and we're going to head out. In other words, get it together. Get, get rid of the junk in the trunk that you don't want, and we're moving forward now. Amen? I'm sure there was a cleaning of some houses. Amen? Um, as he begins, now, there are three supernatural events that took place. Okay, are you ready? How many are ready? How many know what they are? Anybody? You know what they are, Mary? Pardon? What are they? She's doing good. She's going to Christian school. <laughs> Be proud of her. She's picking up what she needs to pick up. Okay, let's go. I don't want her teaching my sermon here. Okay, the River of Jordan at flood tide divides for passing. Joshua 3. 14 through 17. Gina, you should be proud. You tell Arlene it's worth all the money that's being spent. <laughs> Praise God. We can all rejoice. Mary, you are Mary the overcomer. Hallelujah. Joshua 3, 14 through 17. Let's look at verse 1. Joshua rose early in the morning, and they removed from Shittim and came to the Jordan, he and all the Israelites, and lodged there before passing over. After three days, the officers went through the camp, commanding the people, when you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God being born by the Levitical priest, set out from where you are and follow it. Yet a space must be kept between you and it about 2,000 cubits by measure, come, near, come not near it, that you may be able to see the ark and know the way you must go, for you have not passed this way before. Now, these were some, some directions that had to be kept. Amen? Here we go. And Joshua said to the people, sanctify yourself, that is, separate yourself for a special holy purpose. For tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Hallelujah. So they are going to be passing the river during flood tide. And it's going to be, it's going to be divided for them. As Joshua said to the people, sanctify yourself. Uh, Joshua said to the priests, take up the ark of the covenant and pass over before the people. And they took it up. And went on before the people. Then the Lord said to Joshua, This day I will begin to magnify you in the sight of all Israel, so that you may know that as I was with Moses, I will be with you. You shall command the priests to bear the Ark of the Covenant. When you come to the bank of the waters of the Jordan, you shall stand still in the Jordan. Joshua said to the Israelites, Come near Hear the word of the Lord your God. Joshua said, Hereby you shall know that the living God is among you, and that he will surely drive out from before you the Canaanites, Hittites, Hivites, <laughs> Perizzites, 
gas gergasonites, whatever. <laughs> I could make a joke there, but I, Amorites and Jebusites, before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of all the earth is, is passing over before you from the Jordan. Now take twelve of the men from the tribes of Israel, one from each tribe. When the soles of the feet of the priests who bear the ark of the Lord of all the earth shall rest on the, in the Jordan waters, the Jordan coming down from above shall be cut off and they shall stand in one heap. Now just imagine this. It's going to stand in a heap. They couldn't even make a movie of this. I'm telling you. So here we go. Hang on, I'm going to get back. So when the people set out from their tents to pass over the Jordan with the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant before the people, and when those who bore the Ark had come to the Jordan and the feet of the priests bearing the Ark were in the brink of the water, for the Jordan overflows all of its banks throughout that time of the harvest, then the waters which came down from above stood and rose up in a heap far off at Adam, the city that was beside Jerathan, and those flowing down toward the Sea of Arabath, the dead salt dead sea who wholly cut off were wholly cut off, and the people passed over opposite Jericho. And while all Israel passed over on dry ground, dried ground the priest who bore the ark of the covenant of the lord stood firm on dry ground in the midst of the jordan until all the nation finished passing over the jordan those guys had to have supernatural strength to hold that ark you notice the ground was dry again hallelujah okay let's move on we went through Okay, now we're going to go to the second one. The angel of Jehovah appears and gives Joshua the plan of attack upon the doomed city. Joshua 5, 13 through 15. Was that the next one you were going to tell me, Mary? So you're kind of ahead of us, so you should be able to really hook in here. Joshua 5. 13 through 15. When Joshua was at Jericho, he looked up and behold, a man stood near him with his drawn sword in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said to him, are you for us or for our adversaries? And he said, no, neither. But as prince of the Lord's host, have I now come? And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshiped and said to him, What says the Lord to his servant? And the prince of the Lord's host said to Joshua, Loose your shoes from off your feet, for the place where you stand is holy. Praise you, Jesus. So here we see the angel appears. Now we're going to go to six, two through five. Well, we may as well hit one. Now Jericho, a fenced town with high walls, was tightly closed because of the Israelites. No one went out or came in because they knew they're coming. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho its king 
and mighty men of valor into your hands. You shall march around the enclosure of enclosure, all the men of war going around the city once, then you shall do it for six days. And the seventh priest shall bear before the ark seven trumpets of ram's horns. On the seventh day you shall march around the enclosure seven times, and the priest shall blow the trumpets. When they make a long blast with the ram's horn, and you hear the sound of the trumpet, all the people shall shout with a great shout, and the wall of the enclosure shall fall down in its place, and the people shall go up over it, and every man straight before him. And Joshua, son of Nun, called the priests and said to them, Take up the ark of the covenant, and let seven priests bear seven trumpets of rams and horns before the ark of the Lord. And he said to the people, Go on, march around the enclosure, and let the armed men pass before the ark of the Lord. When Joshua had spoken to the people, the seven priests bearing the seven trumpets of the ram's horns passed on before the Lord, and they blew the trumpets of the ark, and the covenant of the Lord followed them. The armed men went before the priests who blew the trumpet, and the rear guard came and after the ark, and the priests blowing the trumpets as they went. But Joshua commanded the people. Now, there's one of those ram's horns over there. There's one of the trumpets over there. We got one, but I don't know if Pastor wants to play it. Hallelujah. But praise the Lord. So here we go. Command of the people. Now, remember, the spies had already been there. Rab was in there. She was promised something because she, she hid the spies. She was promised that she would get out fine. You get all your family together, and I will save them. Get them together. And I will save them. So here we go. And he goes on and he says, um, Joshua commanded the people, you shall not shout or let your voice be heard, nor shall any word proceed out of your mouth. And the, till the day I tell you to shout, then you shall shout. In other words, don't talk. Don't shout. They had to be obedient. Now, I've always wondered, what if one of them would have talked? There would have been a, you would have had to walk over someone. Amen. <laughs> but it's amazing. These people knew they better do what was told. Okay. Here we go. And so we see. Joshua rose up early in the morning. The priest took the ark. Um, wait a minute. You shall not shout or let your voice be heard, neither shall any word proceed out of your mouth until the day I tell you to shout, then you shall shout. So he caused the ark of the Lord to go around the city once, and they came to the camp and lodged in the camp. Joshua rose early in the morning, and the priest took up the ark of the Lord, and the seven priests bearing the seven trumpets of the ram's horns, and the ark of the Lord passed on, blowing the trumpets continually, and the armed men went before them, and the rear guard came in the ark of the Lord, the priests blowing the trumpets as they went. On the second day, they did it again. On, and then they did it for six days. On the seventh day, they rose early at daybreak and marched around the city as usual. Only on that day, they compassed the city seven times. On the seventh time, when the priest had blown the trumpets, Joshua said, Shout! For the Lord has given you the city. 
and the walls came tumbling down. <laughs> and the city and all that is in it shall be devoted to the Lord for destruction. Only Rahab the harlot and all who are with her in her house shall live because she hid the messengers whom we sent. But keep yourself from the accursed and devoted things, lest you have devoid it, devoted it to destruction and take of the accursed things. So make the camp of Israel accursed and trouble it. But all the silver and the gold and the vessels of bronze and iron are consecrated to the Lord. They shall come into the treasury of the Lord. God knows where the gold and the silver are, folks. And who do you think he wants to have it? Those that are going to give it to him. Right? So we go ahead and read it because this could take a while on, on your way, you know, to in your this week in your devotions. I, I find 26 interesting. Joshua laid this oath on them. Cursed is the man before the Lord who rises up and rebuilds this city, Jericho. With the loss of his firstborn shall he lay its foundation, and with the loss of his youngest son shall he set up its gates. So the, so the Lord was with Joshua, and his fame was in all the land. I am stopping here. We are gonna ha you're going to have to guess what three is, and don't ask Mary. You can ask her, and if she's right, she's right. Amen. Praise you, Father. Well, we may as well go do it, because that was three. The plan carried out. Every one must be obedient. The walls fell flat, opening the way to the complete victory. Amen. So. That was number three. They were obedient. How, how much do you think obedience? How important is obedience? He says it's better than sacrifice. So I'm going to challenge you because the Lord's having me do this. He wants you to know that he's going to be speaking to you through the word, through prayer, mainly through the word. It'll be interesting because you'll just open up the Bible and there'll be something that you'll look at and go, whoa, I need to change. He's going to speak to you and he's going to desire obedience. You say, well, what if it's too hard? It won't be. When God shows you something and tells you, shows you to be obedient to something, you have every power that God has available to you to change that situation and that circumstance. Every power. So I'm going to pray for those that need prayer. I'm going to stay up here, and we will have a prayer line. That means that, please, John, don't leave. Okay? Some of you might want to just kind of meditate on this because I'm excited about this year. Like I said, 
Do I like who's in the office? No. Am I going to pray for them? Yes. But you know what? I've always found when things get tough, God moves. And things in my life get better. Amen? So expect the blessing. Expect, expect to operate in the blessing. You are, the blessing is in you, around you, about you, at work in you, everywhere you go. He's gone before you. He's beside you. He is with you. He is in you. You can't fail. The only way you can fail is if you choose to. That's pretty powerful. Father, I just pray for each one of my brothers and sisters that are here this morning. I know that there is much meat that you are placing on the table before us. Your word says that you prepare a table before us in the presence of our enemies. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not lack. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. You prepare that table. That table is prepared and set before us. And then you say, surely goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our life. And we will dwell in the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. God, I ask you to bless this church these people this year, this week. Let them know that you've not given them a spirit of fear, but you've given power. You've given love. You've given a sound mind. And I ask you, God, to move mightily in their behalf. Let them understand the word like never before, that revelation knowledge becomes so powerful every time they open up the word of God. And restoration comes to them, their families, their work, to people that they love supernaturally this year, God. And I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. So if you need prayer, or if you desire to stay in here and just worship,